When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth. The fountain of truth about what? Well, I used to say, and I did say for years, because I've been on since the 1980s. Can you imagine that one? Uh, the fountain of truth about aging, but it's really not just that. It's the fountain of truth about lifestyle and health, because aging more or less starts at age 30. Don't think about aging as something that happens when you get your social security card. If you wait that long, you're not going to age well. And there are so many factors in how well we will age. And we have somebody here who's going to bring us into a new world, a world we have not explored before. And that's the world of environmental health and environmental medicine and how it affects you day to day and every cell of your body. Not just a movement, but a biology issue. Uh, Dr. Ailey Cohn is with us today, and she is the creator of thesmarthuman.com. Not only can you follow The Smart Human on Facebook and all social media, but you can also go to thesmarthuman.com and take a look and see what it is that she's asking us to do every day, day to day, to make a world and global change, as well as a personal one. And finally, she's got a podcast. We'll be talking about that, too, because I know you're all addicted to podcasts, so why not another one? Uh, Dr. Cohen, thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. So let's start from the beginning here. Uh, we, we have not talked about environmental medicine. We haven't talked about, we've talked many times about integrative medicine and holistic. But this is yet another factor and another feature. Explain to us what you mean by environmental medicine and what we should be looking out for. Well, that's a great question and something I didn't know much about even as a physician of 20 years in, in, in practice as a rheumatologist, um, an internist. So environmental medicine is really how the environment impacts human health. I mean, we think a lot about going green, sustainability, all really important topics, of course, because the water that we dirty gets back into our body through water treatment plant issues. Um, air quality, of course, uh, what we do to our air gets back into our lungs and our children's lungs. Um, but we don't often think about really the health effects um, of how these exposures uh, really do impact human health in a major way. And uh, I think nothing was more obvious than uh, in the recent uh, year and a half of our pandemic to really see how these exposures and um, how they in inflame our body can set us up for um, harmful uh, reactions when, when we're exposed to another insult like an infection. You know, we, uh, we talk a lot in the field of aging about the biomarkers of aging, what changes in our body that makes us frailer. And one of them we talk about, a lot about is epigenetics. And what the geneticists tell us is that the environment can even change your genes. You think, you know, we all think that genes are solid. That's it with good, bad genes, whatever we got, we got. But the fact is the way they express themselves can be extremely different depending on our environment. So how, how can we share information on environmental health and get more information on environmental health, particularly for prevention, which is what we're all about? Give us some resources that you think really are outstanding there. 
Well, I will say, and to toot my own horn and my author, my co-author's horn, we put together both a textbook for Oxford University Press called Integrative Environmental Medicine, as well as a consumer book that took me, I would say, almost eight or nine years to really put together with my co-author, Fred Vomsal, Dr. Vomsal. And that consumer book to me is the best resource any person, whether you're um, a lay person with no scientific background per se, or you're really deep in the trenches with research, PhD, MD, medical background. Uh, what it does is it really lays down the case from very, very, uh, the, the, the idea that we have regulatory issues, we have, um, you know, problems with um, oversight, testing of chemicals before they go into the U.S. market, um, issues with air pollution, issues with personal care products, and the complete lack of testing required uh, before they go into these products that we love, our cookware, et cetera. And then what to do about it. The book is called Non-Toxic Guide to Living Healthy in a Chemical World. Um, we fought very hard for that title, particularly the guide portion, because guide is really hand-holding. It's a very difficult topic. It's, it's overwhelming for many. Um, but really, we chopped it up in pieces. That makes it super easy to get started, whether it's the chapter on drinking water, whether it's the chapter on food and how to understand food labels and food processing, uh, all the behind the scenes and what to do about that. Um, or it's it's getting ready for pregnancy, a whole chapter on what parents and parents-to-be should think about. Um, home furnishings, radiation is a chapter in terms of all our tech toys. Um, and it's laid out with a refrigerator list to get started in a very simple way. Um, so I'm really quite proud of that. And um, that was also published through Oxford. So very well vetted information. Um, and I, I think that would be a great way for people to, to begin. Also, just following on social media, I post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, very interesting articles, but also everything is in bulleted information. So for people on the go, people who are busy, it's really nuggets of practical, useful information um, that I think people would benefit from just getting even as snippets throughout their lives. And I'm going to throw one more in, and that is your TED Talk. You know, a lot of the people are listening are grandparents. I'm one. I have a three-year-old. And I will tell you that the um, the kids, the kids who are now 30 and even 40, they're pretty careful with their food. But they're not so careful with their spoons. And, you know, we say we should be born with a silver spoon. Maybe that'll kill you. Uh, and this is really very important practical advice. And uh, Dr. Kona has a TED Talk, How to Protect Your Kids from Toxic Chemicals. So uh, my audience are not only uh, podcast heads, they're TED Talk heads as well. So take a look at that from Dr. Kona. Now, before, before we end our segment, I do want to uh, talk about something we had mentioned together, and that is that words matter. You have made a shift here from integrative medicine, let's say, to integrative health. It's much more encompassing. It's very similar to what we say at the Catalyst Institute. It's not about health care. It's about health span. To us, that means healthy longevity, not just living longer. It's a different word. Tell me a little bit what you mean about in, uh, integrative health as opposed to integrative medicine. Well, I think that the shift is is really, as you said, very more encompassing because integrative um, uh, or environmental health, integrative health, but mostly environmental health encompasses not just chemicals, which is what, of course, myself and Dr. Vamsal, um, who, by the way, was responsible for getting bisphenol A out of baby bottles in 2012. For those of you who recall that removal from the market, that was the work of my co-author. Um, 
you know, that shift towards environmental health encompasses not just chemicals. It encompasses things like stress and how stress changes the immune system. It can shorten telomere length, which is our chromosomal caps uh, that that really help define aging. Um, it, it encompasses noise pollution, air pollution, uh, light pollution, um, how sleep regulates and manages not just, um, you know, our endocrine system, but our immune system. And of course, as a rheumatologist, I'm an immunologist, um, and I'll be writing about this actually in my next book, is how the immune system is directly affected by chemicals in our environment, as opposed to just the endocrine system, which is incredibly well studied. Um, I think when we we broaden the scope of what affects human health, and there's plenty of research in each of these areas I mentioned, we really can start to make and chip away at things that cause poor aging that increase our risk for chronic health conditions, such as heart disease and metabolic disease, diabetes, obesity, autoimmune disease. And we can shift the healthy years um, to, to expand longer and have chronic disease more compressed at the end of our lives, which we may almost expect after a certain amount of time on this earth with these exposures. So my goal is always to get people to shift their healthy years to make them broader and to understand how each of these exposures and the lifestyle changes that can reduce those exposures really do affect our epigenome, the proteins that sit in our genes, on our genes, or epi is above our genes, and really they're responsible for whether or not those genes become expressed or stay quiet. And so really much of our lifestyle can play a role in whether or not we develop those diseases, we express those diseases, and that's been well studied. So you get your genes, you get your in-laws, you can't always right. change them, but you can certainly change your lifestyle that affects the expression of those genes. Right, and we talk about that a lot because, as I say, epigenetics, how genes are expressed, um, have a lot of components. So don't you go anywhere. All of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. And we are going into a deeper dive now in the world around you and how it affects you internally, how the external affects the internal with environmental medicine and environmental health with Dr. Ailey Cohn. Now, uh, just a couple of things. You will want to read her book because it will make a difference in your life and not just your life but in the life of your family. So take a look at non-toxic living healthy in a chemical world. Take a look at her website, thesmarthuman.com. Take a look at her guide with regard to, uh, published by Oxford Press, with regard to what you can do every single day for yourself, your children, even if you are pregnant. These are things that you need to know even before the person you're going to care about the most in this world is born. And of course, if you're a social media person, you're going to find the smart human on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. But I have to bring you now 
to a new world. And I'm going to be, I'm going to admit this, Dr. Cohn, my folks don't like this very much. I'm a lawyer. Don't hold that against me. Hmm. I see the world of regulation as something that is directly affecting our health in so many ways and so many levels. Now, it's certainly true in FDA regulation and how we get our pills and our devices and if they're paid for or not. So it's a big thing in health span for me. But environmental may even be more so. So let's take a little bit of a dive there because you do look all the time at the regulations. And in fact, you and your colleagues and co-authors have made some, some changes, have been advocates for some changes. How does the regulations affect our health every day? Seems obvious, but we may not have the whole picture. Yeah, I think that's why the beginning of this book really starts with where did we come from? And when we understand where we come from in the history of, of legislation and regulation of chemicals, we, we really haven't come far. In fact, we're incredibly stalled um, and we're actually doing ourselves a disservice because as the laws have have stood for for close to almost 50 to 75 years is despite the the onslaught of synthetic compounds that have been churned out particularly post um you know world war ii 1950s and beyond naugahyde and uh plexiglass and nylon and um all of these synthetic um, chemicals that are used in almost everything we we we, we use now, um, including our food chemicals, um, including chemicals in personal care products, which are completely unregulated, by the way. Um, we really have gotten ourselves into a pickle because we're expanding round the clock on chemicals that are getting um, you know pushed into market, and they require no testing before going into the products that we use. And that goes for, as I mentioned, the food industry, where we have, you know, laws such as the 1958 Food Additives Amendment, which was intended to protect the public from all of these new additives that are being allowed in food, but really were never strong enough, had never had enough teeth um, and and started using the oversight of, of generally regarded as safe, requiring manufacturers to give any safety or, or, or toxicity testing, which, of course, they don't supply. Um you know, so we now have um, over 10,000 food additives that are allowed f- into our processed foods. Um, and it also includes food washes that don't go into our food, but are allowed to wash our food before they go to the supermarket, which can be quite toxic as well. Um, we have the Safe Drinking Water Act of 1974. This is perhaps my biggest beef, believe it or not, out of all of the issues, is that we still follow a law from 1974 that only restricts and monitors and regulates 91 chemicals in the 160,000 water treatment plants across the U.S., which serves 80% of the population. So 20% of the population in the U.S., um, rural areas, uh, they're supplied by wells, which have their own issues. But our municipal treatment plants, our tap water, um, if you get a a bill once a month, you'll know um, those are actually only following a law from 1974, despite the fact that we now have 95,000 chemicals that can and do get into our drinking water, which includes sewage, farm runoff, manufacturing chemicals, uh, anything that falls onto lakes and streams, aquifers that gets recycled back into um, our water treatment plants. So again, we have old infrastructure, we have old laws that are still functioning today, and yet we are churning out um, 15 compounds a week that are getting compounded and over a thousand a year. 
So I'm going to, uh, I'm rarely ever a fear monger, but I'm going to do a little bit of that now if you guys don't mind who are listening, and then I'm going to make you feel better. Uh, what, what Dr. Cohn is saying is incredibly important, and what's incredibly important about it is you can do something about it. So I worked, Dr. Cohn, with the, the United Nations on their NGO on aging, and I can tell you that there is polluted water in Africa that is better to drink than our water because they have figured out what to do to clear it out. So this is not an insurmountable problem. Uh, every day in every way, you can do something about it from the smallest thing. Look, we have a fairly affluent audience. They, do, they redo their kitchens. You can take a look at what is really green and created green and have your countertops not be toxic. There's a lot of things you can do, but the main thing you can do is read a label. This is true for your food, but this is also true for your health. So it's very integrated because we know that fresh food, Mediterranean diet style, every geroscientist that I work with will tell you that's the way to eat because it's clean. And that is not a joke. It's not woo-woo. It's not, you know, limousine liberal. It is really better for you. There is something you can do about it. Uh, And so as I can say, I, I I want to talk a little bit more about Uh, certain other issues about what we can do, Dr. Cohn. But here's the big one, our own behaviors. I just came back from London, and when you go to the uh, duty-free shop, you see cartons and cartons of cigarettes. And on the cigarette carton are big pictures of people dying, because that's what was required in the UK. They're spitting blood, I'm not kidding you, on pictures. And guess what? People are lined up to buy the cigarette cartons, because they're cheaper. How do we get to really make these changes. The environmentalists have tried with regard to uh, recycling. Uh, you certainly have made every effort possible, including in your podcast. The human, the smarthuman.com is, is ways of behavioral change. But what have you seen really work with us reading the labels and doing the right thing for us? Yeah. Well, let me start by, by giving a little bit of perspective. I've been a physician now for 20 years. I'm still practicing every day. I see as a rheumatologist, I see every autoimmune disease, every immune dysfunction that you can think of, but I'm seeing younger people experiencing diseases that we would normally associate with aging, okay? So we have cardiovascular disease, of course, I'm taking care of as an internist as well, Um, but we have high blood pressure, we have overweight children and adults, Um, but the autoimmune diseases, the thyroid conditions, you know, which usually we're you know, kind of later in life type of ideas and conditions. I'm seeing that very much at younger ages in the twenties and the thirties, we're seeing an epidemic rise in autoimmune disease internationally, about five type two diabetes. I must throw in type two diabetes too. Yeah. And type two diabetes, which is a metabolic disorder. Um, And of course, you know, we can argue on some level, are we changing our behavior, our activity level? Are we home more? Of course, the pandemic, but are we, you know, really sort of less active physically? That is just one very small component out of the whole big picture. We have food and, you know, food that looks delicious and it's marketed well that are so laden and so, you know, with chemicals, ultra processed. And these chemicals, the ones that have been discovered, really do affect human hormones. So they can increase the risk of obesity through enlarged stem cells that become fat cells. Um, We have a variety of mechanisms that are now well known that contribute to insulin um, uh, decrease as well as glucose uh, resistance, 
or insulin resistance and glucose resistance in terms of breaking down sugars. Um, But again, we have a variety of chemicals that affect the immune system as well. Um, And it's certainly too complicated to go into this with this conversation. But if you take my word for it, we have a lot of problems with our chronic health conditions. And so what I try to do is teach people that what you do on a daily basis, your, your choices will actually reduce the levels of those chemicals in your blood and your urine and your breast milk and your sperm and sweat. And these tests are actually, you know, been, been well done so that when you make decisions, I'll give you an example. Well, before we do that, we got to take a little bit of a break and we will uh, get to that example because how to test, how to know where you're at is probably one of the most fundamental things you can do for yourself. And when we come back, I will also tell you that I think it's very motivating. So don't you guys go anywhere. Full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit, because I am happy. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me, not even a bit. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bowl, the Fountain of Truth, the Fountain of Truth about aging, a little bit of housekeeping, but it relates to uh, our discussion today with Dr. Ailey Cohn on integrative medicine, integrative health, environmental medicine, environmental health. Uh, We have a big conference coming up, and it's virtual and it's free. That's the best part. It's called TargetingMetabesity.com. And uh, you may, if if you've been listening to Dr. Cohn, uh, the minute I said diabetes, she said, oh, that's metabolic. Well, there are metabolic uh, indices of aging. Some of them are the epigenetics that we talked about, but it goes beyond metabolism to things like the immune system, telomeres, another word, you know what that means, the cell endings that can shorten as we age. We don't want that. We always say, may you prosper and your telomeres be long. And we talk about all of the ways over three full days and a fourth day, actually, uh, where we have emerging growth companies in the field of healthier, longer aging. It's all about your health span. It's free. So go register. That is very simple to do. You go to Metabesity, M-E-T-A-B-I-S-I-T-Y, Metabesity2021.com, or you can go to the Catalyst Institute, our institute, K-I-T-A-L-Y-S.com, or you could look at my website, adrianberg.com. Uh, so one of the things that we talk about there, we have a whole session, Dr. Cohn, there on biomarkers of aging and whether or not they're bogus, which ones are good, what's going on in the industry, how do we measure Uh, where we're at in these eight, what we call the eight indices of aging, like immune system, cell strength, and so on. But the environmental medicine people, you also have that. So first of all, tell us a little bit about integrative medicine, which is the umbrella around all of this. And then we'll talk a little bit about the tools that you might use in that category of environmental health or environmental medicine. So integrative medicine, and I had the honor of working with Dr. Andrew Weil and training with him for two years. It's actually a board certified specialty. Most people don't realize that, just like pulmonology and cardiology. So you want to find people who are board certified in integrative medicine. Um, is an incredibly rich and um, longstanding, uh, I would say, curriculum um, 
because it encompasses not just the idea that Western medicine has its role. Medications can be life-saving, of course, but it also integrates as opposed to, say, complementary and alternative, which is the old presentation of this kind of material. We don't want to be alternative. We want to be integrated into conventional Western care. And what that includes is how well do we sleep and why does sleep matter? Is it restless leg? Is it sleep apnea? Do you have to pee four times during the night? Right. Um, those are the things that we have to get right. We have to fix those things because those things per- particularly increase risk for high blood pressure, uh, heart disease, uh, shortened lifespan, um, and, you know, an immune system disorder. So we know sleep is critical and how do we get there? Um, we also know that, you know, stress management definitely plays out, not just on the re- the risk of developing a variety of conditions, but also on um, whether or not we will, um, you know, manage our diseases appropriately. So stress is definitely related to flares such as in lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, um, and a variety of disorders. So when we get integrative medicine around, you know, wrap our, our heads in that, it's really what about our, and I use a lot of anthropology in my work with patients and writing, um, we have to really think about where we've evolved from and why are we so different now? What has changed so dramatically since 4.5 million years of human evolution? And really what it is, is our air quality, our stress, our sleep, our water quality, um, our food you know, quality and nutrient value of our food has changed so dramatically. And so integrative medicine really tries to work on these areas because they contribute so greatly into even Western medicine and whether you need a blood pressure medicine anymore, whether you need to be on allopurinol for gout if you change your lifestyle and your diet particularly. So, so yeah. Yeah. I just, I want to say one thing that shows how holistic this is. One of our guests and the Catalyst Institute did a webcast on this uh, is Dan Lieberman. Uh, Dr. Dan Lieberman wrote a book called Exercised. Mm-hmm. And it's why we don't exercise. Just what I was asking you. In other words, why we know these things and we don't do anything about it. And he went back to um, evolution. It's really a book about Darwin, if you if you really read it. And it's exactly what you're saying. We're programmed for certain things. And because of environmental changes, maybe urbanization, maybe industrialization, we're, re- we're getting reprogrammed and not in the best way. So it, it's it's tough. It's tough for us to make some of these changes that, um, you know, you gave us a long list of things that are toxic. And I probably could make a longer list. All of us can. And the question becomes, how do we measure where we're at? Uh, integrative medicine and integrative health is so much better at that, honestly, looking at prevention than, let's say, pure Western, which looks at cure. And that's the shift we would like to make. We want to make the shift from the unsustainable chronic diseases we have, we just can't even pay for them, let alone live through them, to preventing them in the first place. And that's why I think environmental medicine is really part of the prevention more than anything else. But how do we make those changes? What have you seen uh, work? Uh, Do you think measurement tools that tell us how toxic we are, just like biomarkers that tell us our age, uh, different parts of our body age differently, do you think they're motivational I, I, I don't know myself. I'm really asking you as a longtime physician. Right. So so when I started getting into this about eight or nine years ago, and my introduction of my book actually lays out the whole way I got into this, it was actually the death of my dog, believe it or not, that made me uh-huh. so upset 
because he had an autoimmune disease that dogs don't get. And so that really, you know, triggered my whole work in environmental health. And I, I think when I started out, I was so shocked by what I was finding that I was anxious to go test, 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 test. Tell me what I got. Let me look under the hood. What I've come to realize now 10 years in and understanding the expenses that go into these tests, especially here in New Jersey, where I am uh, in Princeton, New Jersey is a state where they don't cover, you know, insurance, conventional current insurance doesn't cover many of these um, tests that, um, you know, can show within a 24 hour period what you're exposed to. What's what I've come to believe now is that we're not quite at the point where um, we can inexpensively look at our day to day exposures and that we change our exposures literally day to day, meal to meal with every breath we take, whether you drive from the city into the suburbs or the other way around. And so what I try to do, and I think we've done this quite well with the book, is to give people enough data, enough great research, vetted research to understand that they themselves are likely to be filled with these chemicals and that you don't necessarily have to go out and test those levels to prove that you're actually making a dent in in reducing them. Some people need that motivation. Some people are willing to pay for that. Um, But again, sometimes it leaves more questions than answers when you get some of these tests done. And I have a whole list of labs that are appropriate in the back of the book if you wanted to do that. Um, That being said, I think there's some very, very easy, low-hanging fruit changes that anyone can take part in and really make a difference in terms of their body burden of chemical exposure. And, and we're going to the- go, yeah, we're going to go into that and uh, in our next segment, but before we do, please do tell everybody again, the name of the book, where to find it. You have more than one book, but the guide is the one I think everybody wants. Certainly I do. And the second is again, integrative medicine. Now we can follow up on what Dr. Cohen is saying very easily uh, through her podcast, through her books, uh, the smart You can start there, Facebook or Twitter. But integrative medicine as an organization is a little different. So bring us there. Once again, the book. And when we come back, we are going to talk about precisely what you want to lay out for us. Let's assume we're toxic and take it from there. Okay. Give us the resources. So the book's name is Non-Toxic. Guide to Living Healthy in a Chemical World. Um, And it's on Amazon. It's on all the major booksellers. I actually, this is part of Dr. Andrew Weil's uh, Healthy Living Guides. It's the second one that's been published. Again, I work with Dr. Andrew Weil. Um, But this book really is the resource for starting to make a dent in those exposures, why it matters, what are the data, data that supports it, and really the playbook, the easy playbook for any Tom, Dick, or Mary to really jump in and start doing this, whether it's for your kids, whether it's for your pre-pregnant, you know, children, grandchildren, whether it's for you, it will all make a difference and it's not complicated. And that's what we wanted to make sure that that was available for people. That's wonderful. And on the integrative medicine, what would be the best website uh, for them? Yeah, integrative medicine, I would say that if you followed anything that involved Dr. Andrew Weil, who is really the forefather of this arena, um, I think you'd get wonderful information. Of course, the smart human, I post quite a bit on integrative medicine as well on, on all my feeds. Um, and then there's very smart doctors that are are posting, I believe, legitimate vetted information. Dr. Wonderful. Mark Hyman, uh, who is who is very involved with functional medicine. Dr. David Perlmutter. These are all colleagues that I think are very respectable. 
and their work is uh, legitimate and vetted. So um, Dr. Tarona Lodog is an integrative medicine maven. She's incredible. She was my mentor. Uh, she's phenomenal. Um, and she's an integrative medicine um, physician and um, herbologist, among other things. So again, in terms of uh, what a consumer can get into, I look to the people that are really doing good work. And in terms of the books, there's a whole series from Dr. Weil, not just the academic, which is where our environmental medicine textbook is in, which are great books, but they're a little, they're a little thick and a little bit right. academic. And so they're more consumer-oriented books. And I've read many, many of his, but you're giving me great ideas for guests as well. Now, when we come back, I want everybody to have their pencil and paper because what we're going to get is your to-do list. Don't you go anywhere. And hello, 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 and unaccountably, we are again at the end of Generation Bowl, the fountain of truth, the fountain of truth about aging. Please do visit us on our social media, which is Catalys, K-A-T-I-L-Y-S dot org. Don't forget that website. You will be brought to a campus. We have an online campus that you have free registration to, and it's a little bit like LinkedIn for HealthSpan. But some of the top policymakers in the world, geroscientists in the world, uh, and actually we even are now looking at our science fiction writers because some of them are pretty smart about the future of aging and the future of mortality. So, no, we don't believe that we're going to live forever, but we do believe we're going to learn how to fly. And by that we mean longer, healthier lives. And there's so many components to it. And one of those components we're talking about right now in this show with Dr. Uh, Ailey Cohn, and that is the environment and how it affects you and your health and every part of your biology. But also, and I know she's very keen on this, if you are pregnant, it's going to affect the next generation. So there's a lot, a lot to this. And as the oldest generation, many of my listeners are, it's our responsibility. Uh, You know, environmentalism is not a young person's thing. It is our thing. And we can trickle down all that we do to modify our own behaviors. We can be role models. And we should be. So uh, what should we do? And then what should we tell the world we're doing? And I'm going to throw that over to you, Dr. Cohn, because you've been wanting to tell everybody that from the beginning of the show. Yes, I bust out because I have so much information that's so, so easily, you know, ready to do and and not cost prohibitive. So, you know, as I teach, I have students, I'm on faculty and uh, manage the environmental health curriculum for the Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine, uh, which are doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals, which is a wonderful program. But I also teach high school and I teach college. And my programs are hopefully going to get into these programs across the country so we can kind of teach the next generation very simple information to pre- prevent them from having long-term chronic illness. So what I start with is I say, listen, the cheapest, easiest, not a big deal change that anyone can make when it comes to environmental health and health in general is don't buy junk. 
We buy more junk as a society that we've been marketed to. I mean, we are supposed to have the cleanest, uh, most pristine lawns with all that pesticide lawn care, which gets tracked into our home and to our pets on their on their paws, our children. We are told that our homes have to be squeaky clean, um, and we have pro- we have products designed for doorknobs and windows and every component of a home, uh, which is really silly because what we now know is those products, which are completely unregulated, as I mentioned, these home care products, right. uh, materials in our home, our couches have flame retardant chemicals, unless you uh, read the book and learn how to read the labels to find one that does not have that. Um, Really, it's just a matter of knowledge, of knowing that these chemicals are unregulated, they're in all the products we love, and that you just don't need to buy them to bring them into your home. And we have do-it-yourself recipes for cleaning products like white vinegar, like our grandparents used to use, um, sea salt, um, Castile soap, uh, you know, uh, lemon juice. Uh, so there's a variety of very, very clean, safe um, you know, products that we've used for most of our lives that um, have really taken second place to some of these more commercial junky chemicals, especially during the pandemic. If people use isopropyl alcohol, which is just rubbing alcohol with 70% greater isopropyl alcohol concentration, which most are, um, the inactive ingredient on the bottom of the bottle says water. So those are the two ingredients in rubbing alcohol. And that is perfectly great for um, helping to prevent COVID coronavirus in your space. Killing germs. Absolutely. Killing germs the regular way. And you don't even need wipes. You can just use it in a spray bottle and just spray your hands, evaporates off, and you're good to go. So I would start by saying no one should buy air fresheners, carpet powders, fabric softeners, um, and buy everything if you have to buy anything, even candles, Make sure they are U.S. Well, make sure they have the least amount of chemicals. First, first of all, but you can also go with the very basic ingredients and single um, ingredient uh, items. You can also vet out your products um, on Environmental Working Group's website, which is another great resource that we talk about in the book, where you can look up cosmetics, you can look up personal care products, and say you don't want to make your products, you can certainly look up brands that are tested and are vetted for their safety in humans. Um, So that's the first thing I tell people. The second thing I tell people is when you buy food, go with unprocessed food. The more processed your food, the more that it didn't just pop out of the ground or come off of a tree, uh, that is more likely by far to have chemicals that are um, potentially unsafe and unregulated. So, you know, unprocessed going with whole foods. And I would argue very strongly that USDA organic, which is, you know, the only regulatory uh, food oversight we have that has teeth in this country, is very much worth it. And you can get frozen organics that are much cheaper and maintain all of their nutrient value, if not more than fresh organic produce, believe it or not. And there's one other thing important to my my group. You know, this costs money. Uh, yes. Organic foods are more expensive. So we're all about health equity. But we do have very robust programs for fresh markets to go and buy fresh produce from markets as well as supermarkets, but outdoor markets. And they're proliferating all over the country. So please do call your Department for the Aging, and you will get coupons in most states, depending on your income level. Don't think about this as food stamps or a handout baloney. Take the coupon. 
and go and have a good time at the local market and buy the fresh produce. And uh, you do have to be over the age of 60 in some states, 65, 55, but it's a very important program to be able to do cheaply what Dr. Cohen is telling us all to do. Okay, just wanted to get that in. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful point. And when my when this book was written, and who when I talked to high schools of all socioeconomic backgrounds, I think we really do need to think about costs to make these changes. Um, mostly, it's it's cost effective to not not buy them and bring them into your home. Um, when it comes to food, again, unprocessed. When it comes to water, which is a really big problem for me, I really don't think people understand how dirty all of our water really is. I say start with the things that are comfortable for you like a carbon filter, such as something on, you know, a filter that's on your uh, faucet or a pitcher. But if you really want to get aggressive, and what I recommend, because the prices come down so dramatically, is look into what's called a reverse osmosis water filter, which is the most aggressive uh, way that Americans that that anyone around the world can clean their water because of the fiber in the uh, filtration system and, and the pore size. So a reverse osmosis water filter should run no more than $275 to buy it. At least that's where I get mine in California. And we have uh, a plumber put it in in about one hour only. Doesn't require more than that for about $150. And it's about $40 a year to change out the cartridges. And if my husband can do that, uh, I think pretty much anyone can do it. Well, you you don't know mine, but all right. We we, we hired a plumber. We got a plumber to do it. But but even the cartridges, I'm saying he couldn't put it in, but the cartridges are really easy and they've, you know, a lot of them have great customer service, but you want a vetted reverse osmosis like anything else. You want to make sure they're not outsourcing their filter portion to China or India or or overseas. And then it says made in America on the box. And that's what a lot of the big box stores do. So you want to just put in, you know, your time to get a good vetted consumer reports rated uh, reverse osmosis water system that covers all of the most recent chemicals that have been discovered, the PFOAs and the nonstick chemicals, um, along with viruses and bacteria and radon, because that's what they should be covering. Um, that's what I recommend anyone to buy at this stage. Um, so, not so- bottled water, not plastic bottles, um, but to try to really just get one system, pay up front, get it in, and then it's much cheaper. My first one lasted about 10 or 14 years. Um, and now they're so cheap that I put one in my office as well. Yeah. So we have uh, a responsibility. And as we end our show today, uh, we can't end this conversation. So I'm going to see if we can take this conversation over to our three-day conference. Dr. Cohn, I'll talk to you about that. I want everybody to understand that although we began in 2017 as a geroscience conference, we are now a health span conference. Uh, those of you who watch Dr. Uh, Kenneth uh, Dykewald on PBS, he's one of our speakers, and he's going to look at the future of aging. We're going to look at how we pay for these things, as we just talked about. We're going to look about new regulations, and we're going to look about what is new in the world of age reversal that we can think about and access, not just if we're billionaires in Bezos. So, And I hope that what Dr. Cohn has talked about today is really going to spark your interest not scare you, but spark your interest in doing something about your own personal environment that you're creating. So I thank you so much. And I'm going to say this to everybody as COVID lifts a little bit in some of our areas. Get out there, kids, and make it happen. I'm inappropriate.